What's happening? Welcome to season two of Apples and Snakes, the podcast. I'm your host, Yomi Shode, and we have a whole new set of poets and are still focusing on what it means to be black, British, and a poet or spoken word artist. If you're interested in getting a greater insight into the journeys of some of your faves, then join us and keep listening. Saying that, if you do like what you're hearing, Remember to subscribe wherever you usually listen to your podcasts and rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All right, we're back in for part two of our conversation. This episode, I am joined by B. Manzini and Tanaka Fuego. Let's get into a poem and then we can just, just crack on. So B, do you have something to share with us, please? I do. Um, so the poem that I'm going to read is like an ancestral libation and I'm calling it Yebo Aibo. Um, I know Amapiano is popping at the moment. Our <laughs> Southern Africans are getting a lot of love and a lot of light. So um, yeah, I decided to call it that. But I guess too, I should say that, you know, I wrote this really at a difficult time during lockdown and I needed to be reminded that I'm not alone even mm. when I was alone, and that a lot of lovemaking had to happen for me to be here, right? Mm. <laughs> With mm. your parents and your grandparents, your great-grandparents, you keep going back. And, you know, that's hundreds, maybe thousands of people who um, helped to create you. And so you always walk with that in your DNA. And this, this poem reminds me of that. We declare we would like it when the crisp morning comes and wipes away the frost of sleep from the petals of your eyes, you rejoice at the bloom of breath that leaves your mouth. Yebo, Aibo, Yebo. Repetition is ritual as your chest accordion-like moves with the motion of your thoughts. Know they are quiet praise songs, undumiso, from the ancestors who listen for your breathing each morning and in the evenings before we take flight to a dimension with no questions. Still, what is it that you need to know today, you miracle of the sun and earth? Yebo, Aibo, Yebo. If you are beautiful enough, lovable enough, does a flower seek anything other than to be fed and watered, to follow that which fills and allows growth? The attention you seek, beloved, is inevitable. Be still, be bold, be simple like a flower. For truly, what else is there to do? (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, man. And it's just the pace of it, the pace of you reading that as well, man. I'm very, very, very thankful for you reading that. <laughs> you are more than welcome. I must shout out that Be Simple Like a Flower is for from a Michelle and DiCello song. Um, she's an amazing, amazing artist. So, yeah, I just wanted to give credit where credit's due for that line. Thank you. Um, Tanaka, can we talk a bit about um, mental health first aid and being a mental health, mental health first aider? Um, for the folks who are not aware of of just what 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 comprises of a mental health first aider, do you mind talking that for a bit, please? Yeah, um, mental health first aider. Do you know what? In all in all seriousness, 
it sounds like a lot more than what it is. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. In the sense of, no, like in the sense of, yes, did I go through training? Did I have a teacher? Were there courses? Do you know what I mean? Of course there was that. But in, a, in its fullness, it's basically being trained in being able to just read a room, right? Mm. And being able to notice when people are triggered and when people just need space and being able to just communicate best so people can teach you how to act accordingly to what they need, mm. right? So, um, yeah, being a mental health first aider was something that came up because I knew that, for me, put away labels, right? Like, write a poet, all this stuff. I, I, I work with emotions, mm. right? Like, we work with feeling. So in my head, it was simple as, I want to keep myself safe, and I also want to keep the people I work with safe too, mm. right? Because when it comes to handling emotions, there are too many variables, people go through days and days are just not consistent enough to be able to to handle it without certain training I felt yeah. you know? and especially working with young people um that was something that kind of co-aligned with the mental health first aid of work right I think if I didn't have that certain qualification I probably wouldn't have been able to work with the amount of young people I have with um you know offering counseling mm-hmm. um through like secondary schools so yeah. I I definitely believe it's a treasure I found and I'm so grateful to Don't Sleep On Us, the organization. They're a group of, um, I believe, Asian women. Um, they're the ones who paid for my course. So they're incredible people. So shout mm. out to them. Um, as we, you know, I touched on before we went into the poem in terms of just kind of like this, this, un, I don't necessarily know. I've heard it as, as a form of myth. I have no idea. But it's almost like for myths, they grow, they grow, they they carry on through time. And there's this thing of having to contain and hold emotion if you're reading something that is provoking or sparking some emotion out of you. And a process of, of holding that within to not show weakness. I think weakness is something that's very important here in terms of just like the, 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 to cry is to almost show that you're vulnerable and you can't handle something. Whereas I feel like crying to a certain degree is very liberating. Right, and something that we can touch on a bit more. Um, in in your own work, I'm very, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious in terms of when did when when did that alignment come to pass in terms of just like well being, literature. When when did you feel like both the, a conversation started to happen? Um, so yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Talk to me. <laughs> Um, for me, I feel like I started writing because of my well-being, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's innate. That's something that that sprouted from itself into itself. Does that make sense? In the yeah, in the capacity of I wrote because that was the only thing that kept my mind at bay, right? From other ideations that you know just aren't as nice to think of, you know, mm-hmm. and then. I think as the writing progressed, you realize, again, you work with emotions, you work with people's emotions, you know, audience, performer. It's just a room for the people who are kind of sad, who just want to reflect and have space for that, you know? And I think as it's progressed, you know, my my first poem, I think that really got me my first booking, even at Box Park, right, with Boxed In, was when Amina saw my poem Therapy. Which was which I was commissioned to write for Mental Health Day, mm. World Mental Health Day, and that 
that poem would have never happened if I wasn't forced to write it. Mm. Surprisingly enough, though, it was about complete well-being. It was about how the barbershop is a therapeutic practice for a lot of mask folk, right? Mm. Outside of binary and within. So for me, literature and well-being have always just like danced around each other and just so happened now in my life are doing the waltz. (laughs) (laughs) Wicked. Um, B? Gosh, that's such an interesting question. You're taking me to levels, Yomi. You're taking me because I've just had a memory that I haven't thought about for a very long time. So I've, I've always, I always remember writing and keeping a diary. And then um, my sister found it. My mum and my sister actually read my diary and it broke me. It broke me because when you're writing for yourself, it's a whole different thing to when you're writing for an audience, right? <laughs> and so I... I actually stopped keeping a diary and then my a really good friend of mine was going through a lot a lot of trauma in her in her family space and I wrote a play I wrote a play about it at wow. about 12 and I think I've still got it somewhere but that was again like this transmutation that I'm talking about that's that's all I had like I only had the words to try and understand her experience and where she was. And actually the very first poem that I, I wrote and I performed on stage was for her friend who was going through a breakup. And I was like, I really wanted to give her something that would help her in that moment. So I guess in a sense, you know, for me, poetry has always been part of my health and well-being. But consciously, you know, I used to run, I used to run half marathons and then I would combine running, walking, um, with poetry workshops. And I mm. think that's when it really, really solidified for me that um, this is a great therapeutic tool. And, and, you know, there's studies about scriptotherapy and what it can do for you and how it can help and harness um, and support your mental health. Yeah. Um, thank you both for sharing that. I, 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 I always have this kind of running feeling that, you know, in order to get to this kind of a better state, if should there be a better state of mind or thinking you have to kind of go through the mud first you got to kind of dig into the mud to kind of find your way out type thing right um again have you shared similar thoughts is this something that you're like nah, there's other routes into this be like this is the a4 or six or is it m25 do you know what i mean like what 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 it's not just necessarily have to kind of dig into this to find yourself right and i feel like a lot of these um <laughs> I feel, do you know what? I feel like to a certain degree, poetry seen as this thing is just not cool. Do you know what I mean? But I'm just like, I know folks like Tanaka. What do you mean it's just not cool? Do you know what I mean? I know folks that are kind of like climbing up this whole situation, doing what they're doing. I know very cool people that do very cool things. And I always wonder whether that is, it's when you, when you, when you have terminology like say well-being and all these different things, it almost kind of holds it in a different regard. So I guess. How do we make this cool? How do we make this the hippest of hip things to be like in all the conversations? What's the situation? How? What is? What is? What is that? Because it's almost as if if I'm saying well-being, it's almost like it's going to be oh, yo, we're talking serious talk. I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be like. Let's not get into the mud. Like let's this. What is what is that about? Like what is? Do you feel like there is some kind of stigma to it where people are just. I did, if I dare go ask anyone, I'm like, how's your well-being? What are you trying to say? What? You're trying to say like, what? Man's mentally 
what, 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 what are you trying to say? I'm like, no, I'm just like, yo, how's your well being? Like, what's going on? Where do we, how do we draw that line to be like, yo, it's not as serious as you think. Like, I'm asking this from a genuine, cool space. Like, how do you manage those kind of conversations, if you do at all? Anyone, easy, I'm okay. easy, I'm easy. You know, I think it for me, it's it's quite interesting. So when I was studying kind of like cognitive therapies and gestalt like 10 years ago, nobody was having therapy in the UK. It wasn't a conversation that people were really having. And I think that that conversation has definitely moved. And the way that we language about well-being, self-care, even though even the fact that self-care is like it's a new thing that's like popped up you know, yeah. through the gram, right? Like we're having this whole language around what it is to feel more whole or to feel whole. And I think it is cool. Like, you know, when I look at the people around me who are languaging in that way, when I look at, you know, the things that I'm seeing on social, I think there are people who are still finding it difficult to access. Mm. And maybe that's because they don't have the, in the modeling space, like they don't have the role models to be like, you know, what is fine to write, to go to therapy, to run as meditation, to do whatever you need to do. But I think that's really, really shifting. And, you know, the fact that we can have this conversation as part of a poetry podcast and like openly discuss these issues. I don't know if the gem before us would be doing that. Mm. There's even a podcast for poetry, right? That's cool. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's it's um just to go back when when into kind of unbreathe mode. I will never forget when my when the when the doctors mentioned to my family that my grand aunt she just had like a week. Um, we didn't know at the time that it was literally a day, but mm-hmm. we at the time we just took the news as it was going to be a week. And my mum got up and she walked and she opened the window and she looked out the window and she started crying. And I, and I remember my first my first thought was, you're more than welcome to cry and let us see you cry. Do you yeah. see what I mean? It's almost like that innate thing of her just, I can't let other people see me cry, right? And like, like you just talked on in terms of like the gen before, it's almost as if I would be wondering who my dad was talking to if he was feeling mad low or um, in a very low state of mind type thing in terms of feeling stuck or feeling like everything's on top. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like who were your go-tos that you, or what was your vice in terms of kind of getting some of this out of your system? Do you know what I mean? For me, I know that I have writing. I know that I have some close people that I can talk to. But for folks like my mum or like my aunties, these were not, those options it's almost as if it wasn't it's almost like it wasn't there and I'm like wow but it's not just my story Mm. like I can speak to you B I can speak to you and I can be like yeah you you have some examples on your side as well where it's almost like elders just don't they don't talk it's almost that conversation doesn't happen and whereas the the fortunately there is this medium of being able to write about this and being able to share this work and having other people write about how they're feeling, that there's something really, really special in that. And I don't, I just want to scream from the rooftop sometimes and just be like, yo, we're able to write about this and still share experiences. And I think that's quite an incredible thing, no? you know? Yeah. So, um, Tanaka, do you have a poem for us? Um, yeah, I do. 
<laughs> Cash line. Yeah, I guess. Maybe 100. <laughs> I'm forced. I'll give you one. Yeah. All right, cool. Do you want me just to go in, yeah? Yeah, do your thing, man. Imagine, like, B had a whole intro, had a vibe set. Me! Yeah, it's like you got something. <laughs> That's because you're super cool. Because you're just, I can tell you, you would already know that you're ready. I could just be like, boom, drop the pen. As soon as you hear the drop, you're gone. You're, you're there. It's just oh, not a problem. I love that. I love the confidence. I love the vote in me. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> can I say? Um, I guess trigger warning. Um, yeah, suicide. Um, yeah, mental health. Take care of yourself if you need to. Um, tracks and trains in a London that rains. Someone put their hand out for a train on the central line. And it didn't stop. Well, I think it did or it didn't. Don't mind me. Sometimes my ideations get the best of me. Someone put their hand out for a train on the central line and it didn't stop the same time at West Ham station. A girl got saved by her boyfriend after trying to jump in the tracks. Someone put their hand out for a train on the central line and it stopped out of habit. Not because it was rendered in its tracks, but because that's what trains do. They start and stop, stop and start, never forgetting their job or how my lungs would win employee of the month for never failing me. Someone put their hand out for a train on the central line. And the driver and I laughed as we caught eyes, the screeching, her signature to meet me tomorrow with a promise of not stopping this time. She apologizes for having to with a please mind the gap. I don't want to. But out of respect for our agreement this day, I do. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank mm. you. Um, a question for both of you, actually. If, if there was a question that you'd want someone to ask you, what would it be? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate, what do you mean? <laughs> like, like you <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like do you know what I mean? I feel do you know I do these really interesting things on my on my IG stories sometimes. I'll just put up quotations. It'll just be like a conversation. I'll put up quotations. More time it could be just me asking myself a question that people just don't get to ask me, but I would want them to. Or it could just be a genuine question that someone's asked me for the day. You will never know. <laughs> um, but this <laughs> is I'll just yeah. This is just this is just a, a thought. It will just be like roaming thoughts. But for you, it's almost like it could just be you could just be having a conversation with a friend or what have you. But you get your general questions that you'll be asked. But there's always maybe something that you're like, I wish you asked this so I can really talk about it in terms of how I feel. But you, you don't ask it, and it does nothing. It's not to say that. A friend is doesn't know you enough, but sometimes you might just have something that you just. It could be even in an interview. Do you know what I mean? And when you're about to collect your awards or in conversation, do you know what I mean? It's almost like 
if this is the case, then what would you what would you want someone to ask you? Like, let's talk on that. Yeah, you know, that's such an interesting question. I've got a question that I would like to ask Tanaka, mm. and perhaps they can ask me a question in return, if that is okay, if that works for you. Oh, that that is awesome. Take it away, take it away. Okay, so one of the things I always ask people, because I think that it really shows a lot, is what is do you perceive as the best thing about yourself? And what do you perceive as not the best thing about yourself. Ah. I love that. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. Why I feel like, you know, when you're at a job and they're like, what's your great qualities? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, what is, what is one of the great things I think about myself? Um, I have a lot of compassion. Mm. And I have a lot of compassion purely because I've had to extend it to myself time and time again, you know? And I think, yeah, yeah, that's something I'm really proud of. Um, And then I'm I'm impatient. I'm impatient. I'm slightly irrational. Um, (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, these are things that go hand in hand, right? Like, I'm impatient and then I get irrational with my thoughts. And I'm like, they hate me. Nah, like this McDonald's worker hates me. They have to mm. do my flurry on time, you know? So yeah. What about yourself though, B? I would love to know. Oh, I love that. Um, thank you for that answer. Yeah, I think it's important to know your own neuroses, right? Because if you can understand your own, you can understand other people better. And I think that is one of the best things about me, that I'm kind mm. And I'm a really, really, really good and active listener. Like I can hold space for people a lot. Um, I think at this moment in time, the not so great thing about me is building, I'm building up my confidence again, Mm. confidence in myself and confidence in life. Like actually, like there's this, there's this sense of like, I need to learn again how to trust the flow. Like I'm here and I'm here for a reason and life has got me this far and I've got me this far and I've never abandoned myself. But it's it's been shaky of late. So right now I'm just like very aware of that part of me. Can um, I, oh, can I ask a question again? Oh, mm-hmm. go ahead. I'm sorry, Yomi, please, if you need to. No, 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 go, <laughs> do you think, do you think? Can I ask, is it, I don't know, I don't know how people are living, but like in the sense of, you know, the world we're living in, right, currently, and all that's on the news, mm. is that, is that, does that aid in that kind of like the flow? Right, because there's so much uncertainty? Or is that something that you kind of block out and it's kind of a you versus you internally to your own external? It's both. That's a great question. It's definitely both. I think it's it's me versus another part of me. This is why I get on with Gemini's, because I understand <laughs> the duality <laughs> that you're dealing with. Like I understand it, even though I'm Pisces. I often ask my Gemini friends, like, which one if which one is it today? Which one are we dealing yeah. with? Number one, number two, sometimes it's three or four. Um, but I, I get that. I get that we are cyclical and it's not always the same every day. But yeah, what what definitely what's happening in the world, you know, I was born into war. I was born in a war, I was born in Zimbabwe. Mm. And um, so it's triggering a lot. It's triggering a lot, lot, lot for me right now. So yeah, it's both, it's internal and external, but it's also about staying grounded and staying in the seat of your soul, right? Because mm-hmm. your soul knows that it's going to be all right. Yeah. Um, I like to add mine. 
um, to just to kind of run this this trinity. I mm. think one thing that I know about me, which to my own detriment for the most part, is I tend to have like this open door policy in terms of just like being very open to meet new people or friends and what have you. And I think, you know, if I was to think back to that, I think me and my mum, we left, I left Nigeria when I was nine. We left out of like a bad situation in Nigeria for the most part. And I remember distinctly in, in Peckham, in, in one of these hostels and where sharing a bunk bed, for example, it's always been me and her. Do you see what I mean? Like it's always been me and her. And for the most part, I think there's something about just the thoughts of if I have any external friendships outside of my mom, I don't want to lose them, right? So there's something really weird if even if it's someone I feel like, yo, I don't know if you're being the what a friend entails, I still struggle at the thoughts of potentially um, losing that person because I feel like all I came here with for the most part has been my mom. So I don't want anyone that I'm having right now. I just don't want to lose that person. But at the same time, I'm I'm getting to understand that how bad for my own health that can be in terms of what that kind of anxiety kind of um kind of um puts out. What's not one thing that I, I that's not the best for me is I'm very tunnel vision sometimes. I'm very much like and which still goes back to the whole thing of it's just me and my mum that arrived in this in this 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 England. Do you know what I mean? So we've had to graph to get to the results that we have now. There's not been anyone that we're relying on so much. So if I've got this idea, if I want to see this through, I can't trust in another person in trying to see that through. Mm. I have to see this through because I can't rest it on you. So what happens if you let me down? I'm going to be very annoyed. If I let myself down, that's a different thing. Mm. So the whole idea of letting go and trusting others is wild for me sometimes. But at the same mm. time, I see how that tunnel vision can make me unwell because I'm doing too many things and not leaving it to others to just support me in that process because I'm not on my own. And sometimes that is mad hard for me to just be like, just let, let go. You're all right. No one's going to take the piss. No one's going to do this. Da, 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 da. And I'm seeing how that can um, impact on friendships, creativity, health. And I'm very, all, I'm very much about the health at this point in time. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for just kind of opening that space to kind of, to share that. I hope um, you don't beat yourself up though on your hyper-independence. You know, um, I don't... Response, you know? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And, and I hear you. I hear you. And I'm working on, I'm working on it. And I think the thing is, it's a work in progress. It's almost like I'm not going to come in here to be like, oh, boom, I have this answer. But at the same time, I'm also reminded where that hyper-independence works, mm. works out because my gut instincts has it. Because if I relied like that on others... You trust yourself more than a lot of people possibly do. Right, right. Yeah. And, it's, and, it's, and it's that. And it's part of all them things to take into consideration, you know. Um, what is on your shelves? What are you reading? What's the situation? Oh, before that, producing that, allow me. Producing that, allow me, allow me. Joy, let's talk of some joy. Mm. If That's joy true. was a song or a movie, oh. what is it, baby, baby? Oh, what is it? Wow. Ooh. 
my my guilty pleasure is going to be exposed on the podcast. Go I for love, it. Run the thing. Run Greece, it. The musical. Which I've one? I've seen the stage play. Grease. I my love it too. Yay! <laughs> love it too. My friend, I love it too. <laughs> thank, thank you. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it? What is it about Greece, the musical that just like that does the does the dance? Do I even do? Do I, do I even have the right to ask such a question? Do you know what I mean? But let's go for it for the listeners that just don't connect with it. What is it about Greece, the musical? <laughs> I feel involved. I feel like now, like I'm just so. <laughs> the, the way Yomi was like underlined the fact that people that will not connect to it be listen. Listen, I feel like vibe. people. I feel like people will connect to it, but I'm just like just somewhere out there. You know, YouTube YouTube videos that has the like and dislike button. The people that the perpetrators that just. <laughs> have no reason they'll still <laughs> press the dislike button because they have no set. listen let me know anyway so let's say I, the majority of people are on it what is it about the Grease musical and let them be with you right now as you kind of explain and break this down go for it go for it you know what I think there's like this dichotomy in terms of the characters with like this innocence Mm. But also, like, moments of, like, just being, you know, they're teenagers. Like, they're trying to work it out. Mm. And actually, fundamentally, I think, in my adulthood, what I've realised is that we're always going to be trying to work it out. Yeah. But they're doing it through song and through, like, camaraderie and friendships. And they're making mistakes and they're picking themselves back up and they're doing something better. And the soundtrack's banging. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) That's on par. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tanaka, what about you? Um, I, uh, I concur. Like same. Um, but also, I can't get away from like Stevie Wonder. You are the sunshine. Hmm. Like you are the sunshine of my life. Oh, that song! I sent that to someone once. <laughs> looking back, I want to cry because that's embarrassing. But. <laughs> <laughs> This <laughs> song, my my heart, my heart speaks to. But then again, I think anything seventies, eighties R and B that that truly is my passion. Nineties, mm. like Luther Vandross, mm. that's every album. I don't care what song; I just want to hear him. You know. Um, but yeah, Greece. I think you could even break Greece down even more. I know oh you my days! Come, come with it! Come with it! Nah, because really and truly, when you think about musicals, period. Right, mm-hmm. there's an element of fantasy that is so outside of ourselves and our everyday norm that it, it kind of allows us to live it internally, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, Mamma Mia, another great for me, right? That speaks to my soul for no reason. It's a majority white cast, but I feel very <laughs> much like I resonate. Do you know what I mean? With a load of white people for the first time ever. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't in no island. I can't afford to go But isn't it beautiful to think that their world is so extremely out of the ordinary yet ordinary? Because uh, all of us have had multiple relationships. All of us have had failures. All of us know what it's like to have, you know, some type of strain in a relationship with a parent at some point. Right to any degree, and yet all it takes is a song and a dance, and these men are happy the next scene. And in my world, I think that's where I, I have a slight element of I don't live in every day. 
Because I'm constantly in the fantasy of all I need is a song and a dance and me and this friend will reunite. All we need is a song and a dance and me and Yomi and B, we're going out to eat. Do you know what I mean? Like you never know where the next scene can take you as long as you're allowed to be taken by the music. Yeah. Listen, I love that. And That's I have to dope. shout out another musical, Please. Lion King. Matata. Let's Bad go. Boy. That's it. That's Bad all boy. I'm saying. I'm not exposing myself anymore. Put up on the map. oh my god (laughs) the the last memory that brought me some joy i was i was um i was watching the tv and um mtv base and they were showing these old school videos and stuff and elias try again came on right Mm. and i remember distinctly i i i purposely learned the entire choreography in Ilya's Try Again, right? Just to impress one girl one time, you know. right? Fam, I'm not trying to... Listen, listen, listen. She's like, do it for the pods. So, no one can so see. So come the day, I'm now, I'm now, everyone's gone bowling. The whole, everyone's gone bowling to go and chill out and everything like that. And then, what comes on? Try again, innit? And the girls, the girls in the audience, like, she's in, she's with the people them and everything and we're there. So everyone's bowling, bowling and then the dance part, come on. What did you want me to do? What did what I could do? Go ahead, Yomi. What'd you do? Fam, true. I've done this entire dance. This dance. I don't know what. If I if I could look back at myself, what are you doing? I I bust in this dance. Did she? I didn't even get a number. You know, nothing. After she laughed, she's just like cool. As, and then I mean, I'm walking out of the situation, then like, yeah, I learned the dance and what, and I done it. I could not believe. But I think back to that, and I, I get these reactions. I just laugh. I just smile about. It. I'm just like, hey, there was a point in time where it it wasn't trauma based. It wasn't all of it. Was I guess it, the trauma was still around, but it wasn't something that within my circles. I we were given opportunity to or to kind of think of like that. We we were laughing. It was jokes. It's as you're talking about barbershops tonight, it's a lot of those memories mm. that live and live live on well. Do you see what I mean? So it's those times, like whether it is Mamma Mia, whether it is Greece or or or, 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 watched, yeah, or a botched <laughs> <laughs> or a botched try again dance. No, listen, I think you just proved my point though. In the essence of really and truly, all it takes is a song and a dance. To just, and you live in the fantasy. You really, live in yeah. the place where you're probably the most truest. And I think when you're the most true to self, you look the most stupid to the world because everyone else is afraid. Yeah. You know? And I think and I think there's something in in as deep as the stuff that we write. And mm. as much as the world hear us in what we do we should still allow ourselves to live in our own joy and fantasy and just know that this it is is this isn't 24/7 the thinking process there's there's access points in which we kind of tap into our own well-being and how we allow ourselves to kind of um to keep it to keep it moving so to speak um this has been dope before we round up what's on our shelves what's on our shelves what's on our shelves Go ahead, B. So I am currently reading Being Alive. So I, the sequel to Staying Alive, which I read a number of years ah. ago. 
Dope. Yeah, That's and so it's like for people that don't know, it's um, edited by Neil Ashley and it's Blood Axe, and it's an anthology with some really thoughtful, wonderful writers in it. So I'm revisiting that, um, which feels like really good. But I'm also just like listening to a lot of classical music. I'm really exposing myself today. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to a lot of classical music. I'm listening to a lot of Amma Piano. I'm listening to a lot of stuff that is just making me feel this liveness inside of me. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, Tanaka? Um, I imagine everyone's just got the book out. Like, this is wild. <laughs> <laughs> basically, um, no, um, Love in Colour by Bolu. Um, to be, they're not gonna see it, but yes, loving color. That book I'm reading. I don't know why. Do you know what it is? Maybe because I'm sitting in a place of trying to figure out what does love look like for me, mm-hmm. right? Um, as a as a black trans mask individual living in a world where I'm approached a lot of the time by cis het women, and kind of having to break down that idea of like I am not a man. I don't want to be a man, but I'll be your man if you want me to be. <laughs> and then kind of having to explain what that kind of looks like. Mm. So yeah, that's a really beautiful book that I'm reading. Um, and I think, yeah, also just kind of listening to a lot of 70s, 80s R&B. I just love anything yeah. done by black folk I'm listening to from the 70s and 80s. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like watching a lot of cinematography that's just beautifully captured by black photographers and videographers. It's beautiful. Amazing. I want to throw in one um, author that I think deserves a shout out, Bell Hooks, All About Love. You just mm. reminded me, Tanaka, like Boys. that if you haven't read it, that's also on my reread list. Yeah. Beautiful work. She's so intentional as well. So, Such yeah. a great way to access vulnerability, especially if you are, I mean, just dipping your toe into the art of well-being, quote unquote. <laughs> no, I mean, um, indeed. I can't thank you both enough. Um, Tanaka, thank you for just being in my world with all the... All, I, I I remember seeing you perform, um, I think it was in City Road, City Road. I think Armin was there as well. There was a poem that you'd done and actually brought me to your attention and then Box Park and Boxed In and I'm just very, very grateful for just... Just the vim, just kind of sparking that. Whenever I see you, whenever it is, I look forward to catching up with you properly to see how things have been in the last two or so years. B, I mean, um, just thank you. Um, on the, on, like I said, on the stage um, last year, um, at the point of, of the morning in which the news came in from my, my big mummy that she passed, you called me, not necessarily knowing anything that was happening in my world right there and then. But the fact that that conversation went to somewhere else was a breather in terms of knowing when I came off that phone what I was entering. So I I give thanks for just the universe ensuring that you just called me at that point in time to just hold a conversation of a train ride that I wasn't even sure how was I was ready to kind of like take in. You know, Tanaka spoke about the day taking in the day. I very much woke up the day knowing what was going to happen. And you came in and crashed into that day with joy and somewhere that kind of took that conversation to another space. When I go a bit emotional there. So I thank you for that. Thank you. I thank you for that. Thank you both for being so open. Thank you. So so transparent and making this space something that is is memorable. It's living in 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 this ether, in a space that can be accessed by people that I hope can share similar 
views and I hope it inspires them to just to be their great selves and also to learn the Aaliyah dance as well whole time <laughs> um, hurry up, wake up. <laughs> thank you very 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 much and I look forward to seeing you soon thank you for thank you so much it's been great thank you for listening to Apples and Snakes the podcast I've been your host Yomi Shode and I hope you've enjoyed today's deep dive into the lives of black British poets and creatives. Big ups to audio producer Drew Hawley at the Lab Studios. If you want to find out more about Apples and Snakes, head over to www.applesandsnakes.org and follow Apples and Snakes on all social media channels. And remember, if you like what you're hearing, please, please, please subscribe wherever you would usually listen to your podcast and rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.